there are some scholars in uh, Morgrave and um, Ar Arcanics who believe that um, it's actually the other way around, that uh, changelings um, were the progenitors of, of, of doppelgangers, that perhaps they are some form of altered kind of uh, dolgrim type of... Oh, like, like shifters and werewolves, how those two. Exactly. Oh, okay. How do you feel about um, those notions that these doppelgangers are actually from your kind and not the other way around. Nonsense. Whoever wrote that clearly has a little understanding of the world as I do. <laughs> Take that, Keith, you bastard. No. I'm going to clip that and I'm going to post it to the Eberron Discord and I'm going to really, really hope that somebody... uh. Okay, there yes. We go. We're recording now. Hi, right, so, my name's Rebecca. And I'm Steve. And our guest today is. Dabby Chappy. <laughs> wasn't sure if he was going to say. Yeah. That's a weird pause you put there. <laughs> you can just say my name. It's fine. Well, we wanted permission. I wasn't sure. Well, you're not going to get it. Every time you say it, you're going to have to pay the licensing fee. I'm well, here too, by the way. Hi, my name's Russell. I'm oh, their roommate. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, so for anyone who's listened to us before, uh, Russell is uh, Meeps. That's that's what we call him. Yeah, and I, he's I am also... Meeps on Discord. I'm also the voice of uh, Monte Cook, the professor of uh, Menagerie Management at the Morgrave University in Sean. So uh, just the worst characters, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's probably the best character. Oh no, yes, God, no, absolutely. No, yeah, I love, no, him. I love him. He's no, the best. no, we we uh, we have uh th there's uh, another listener named Reg who has wrote into us every time Monty has come on because his character is from the Korenberg library and has gone through and said, Monty is wrong about these things, and here is why <laughs> Reg, you should not listen to him. Reg produces um the naturalist guide to Eberron on DM's, DM's Guild. Guild so. Right. You say He's naturalist. Naturalist as in nature, not naturalist as a nudist. <laughs> don't get excited. I, I, I'm much less interested in this book yeah. now. <laughs> I don't think you can get that one in DMs Guild. They have they have guidelines. They have guidelines. <laughs> uh, but yes, we did. Uh, we had uh, spoken a little bit before I hit record because I'm horrible. Because um, we thought we were going to go straight into it, and then I just you know harpoon that right into an iceberg. So, um, but we did meet you at Pax Unplugged last year. It was uh, right after the um, animating uh, the Joe Cat and, and, yeah, and Puffin, uh, Puffin and, 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 and Dingle Doodles. Doodles. Mm -hmm. the, I think panel. I do know you. Wait, we had the bear. We had the weird bear. Right, the bear. right, 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 right. Yeah. You have a picture of this that yes. exists. Yes. 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 Do you want and to just send it to you through the house service one as opposed yeah, to my personal one? Yeah. You're, oh, you're, I don't want to dox you. You've said your name already, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Russell. Yeah, Russell. You're Russell then. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Yeah, I see your bear. I Wait a minute. It's not you my bear. Me. It's Rebecca's bear. It's my bear. I'm sorry. I'm a little confused because I do have a picture <laughs> here. Um, This is a picture of me, Jacob, and Logan 
with the bear, but none of you. Yes, yes. that's correct. I was in line. <laughs> we were we were trying to make, uh, Just, we were trying to, I think we we're trying to make the bear Twitter famous or was it Instagram famous? And he's, he is Instagram famous. Yeah, well, he's the, not. But before we had a podcast, we were like, let's take this bear with us everywhere and make the bear famous. And then we got a podcast. <laughs> so. oh, well, I mean, you chose a, a harder thing as opposed to an easier thing. But I, I was just surprised because normally when someone wants to take a picture, it's because they would like to be in the picture. Uh, oh, I, there is a yeah. picture of me. Yeah, I, I do have say. a picture of me. I think I was like in the beginning of one of your videos because one of our players went, oh my God, you're in the beginning of a David Champy video. What is this? And I'm just uh, like, I was? <laughs> I mean, if I've taken a picture with you, normally like... Yeah, like when I take the picture, I always try to uh, like look and ask, hey, is it all right if I put this in a video uh, at the beginning of one of my videos? Because at the beginning of each of my video, I do have a like a, a picture of me that gets thrown mm -hmm. up. And I prefer to have them be new each time. And I double prefer if it's with a fan, because I love taking pictures with fans and then posting them online for that exact reaction. It's a fun, it's a fun time. Like, yeah. it's like that, that's the entire reason I started watching your videos on <laughs> What an ass. Yeah, no, that's the it was entirely selfish reasons. <laughs> what? Like, an and then like asshole. I binged like I think like like twenty of them in in a day because that's how I watch YouTube. I'll just go, let me watch all of their videos, and then I'm good. Oh well, actually, that's sort of the the point of it all. So like when I was, I'm sorry, this is a podcast not about me and Dude, no, 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 this, no, like, this episode's about you, my friend. Absolutely. So, our OOCs are always just ADHD, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right. don't, don't, yeah. We, we had uh, we had one. I, I think I think it was uh, one of one of the guests Kanga was on, and you guys talked about was it Pride and Prejudice for like the full <laughs> <Yes>. hour. <laughs> right. Don't call so, me out. Uh, so I've been watching YouTube for as long as YouTube has been around. Like I grew up on YouTube, and I sort of understood a little bit more of the algorithm than people who uh, wanted to be like YouTubey. And one of the things I realized right away is that it doesn't matter if you have like a really famous, popular, viral video. What matters is if you have a bunch of good videos, because people like you will watch a video, and then right after, they'll think, hmm, that was good, I would like more of that, please. And so they'll just start watching each and every one of them. And so mm -hmm. that's sort of, yeah. like, that's what propelled me to continue doing videos. Or initially, like, the reason I made my channel in the first place was because I really wanted to teach people how to play d and I, uh, I ran my Dungeons & Dragons club in high school, uh, and so people would keep asking, hey, how do I make a character? And I would repeat over and over basically the same things, and so eventually I thought, okay, what if I just make a video so that these people will leave me alone in real life because I have anxiety and if you talk to me, I'll squeal. <laughs> uh, that sounds like the three of us. It's like a, whenever random people start talking to me, I just shut down and go, eh, I don't know why you're talking to me. See, Although, I'm, the exact opposite. I'm good in person, but online I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Uh, or now it's completely different because there's a power differential here. So if I d decide to, my voice can crush you. And I, I'm aware yes. of that. So I'm, I'm always at the top of my game. Uh, but so when I started making videos, uh, I was making them like with the intention of just showing to random people uh, that would like ask me, hey, how do you how do I play D&D? &D? Uh, but I knew in the back of my mind, if I just kept making a video every single week and they were all like at a high enough level quality, Eventually, the amount of people who would watch one video and then watch the next video and then watch the next video, and then you have two people, then five people doing all of that over and over and over again, that would eventually convince the algorithm, hey, 
this is a person that we need to share. And around my Warlock video, that is what happened. And so I blew up at that point, just kept doing what I've been doing for two years. Have I have completely not changed my style even a little bit. And now here we are. I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah. Like, no. that, that from my understanding, like that's the worst thing you can possibly do on YouTube is just change your brand drastically. I love it's, that it sounds like a really weird, like, listener period pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's just, it's just how it is. Like, it, that's how YouTube is. That's what that's what everybody wants to do. Or should want to do if they want to, like, grow a channel. Oh. I hate talking about it because I hate feeling like a gross analytic person. <laughs> Let me talk about growing my channel. Right, right. It's... Yeah. yeah. But then I'm also the same way because I look at our analytics, like, obsessively and I'm like... <laughs> Oh well, here's here's things that we need to start doing. Oh, to okay. be fair, you do have a business management degree, <laughs> and you're just like, I have to put all this in an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I get it, because like when when I started to like when when my analytics actually started to do things, I was watching them intently, not because like I had any idea how to read them, but because it's just so cool, like, to, like, look at where people come from and what their demographics are and, like, how much of a video they watch and, like, whether or not they're commenting on a specific type of... It's, it's just... Just to see how your video affects people in, like, transformable data is interesting to look at. Like, why the fuck do we have some form of South African listener? Is, is this a VPN? <laughs> right. No, we Probably have a South is. African listener. We have several. Yeah. <laughs> we have a few South African listeners. We're more popular it's there than we are in the state it, here. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, the, the one guy there went, hey, everybody, you should listen to this. <laughs> yeah, all five D&D players in South Africa. Oh, Which brings on. us to our sponsor, NordVPN. <laughs> no, as, as always, it is Rain Shadowlich. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so brought to you by Squarespace. That's what our website is built with. This 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 week we have our, the OOC episode that's going out to our patrons um, is going to have just Steve and I just talking about how we would introduce Raid Shadow Legends. As a, as a, I as actually a have a story. Oh, oh good. Oh yes, yes. please. Oh, so, well, it's not okay. Maybe I presented that poorly. It's not exactly you, a story, but it's a thing that happened. You didn't see happens. what happened, but both of both Stephen and Rebecca went, "Oh, good, yes," and then leaned into the microphone <laughs> like, "Tell me more, good sir." Okay, so uh, I'm very, very, very awkward when it comes to the business side of my channel. I don't like the idea of having a business side of my channel. I love that it like that I can do this full time, and it's completely my job to just do D and D all day, every day. I think that's fantastic, but I don't like being businessy about it. So I do a really weird thing when it comes to sponsors. Uh, whenever somebody approaches me with an advertising opportunity, uh, and this is for every person that does it, uh, including Raid Shadow Legends, who did ask, uh, my response to them is, fantastic, how about you and I play a video game as we talk over this uh, advertising deal that you'd like to do with me? How does Overwatch sound? Or perhaps <laughs> League of Legends? <laughs> and if they say yes, then that means I want to work with them. Have you had anybody say yes yet? When I was advertising uh, Stibble's Codex of Companions, I played uh, Overwatch with Runesmith. I didn't know him at the time. That was his first introduction to me, is he tried to advertise his uh, new like book like on my videos. And to do so, he had to beat me while I was like playing Reaper or something. Oh no. Like, I'm a fucking spaz about it, but... <laughs> I, 
Duly noted. I, I need to uh, I need to brush up on Overwatch if ever. Man, it's oh. interesting because you didn't actually ask us to play Overwatch or League of Legends, well, no, so this I don't know what's special. Yeah, 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 this was... wasn't a paid sponsorship. Like when it's no. when it's mo- for you, I made an exception. One because it wasn't a money thing, and that's like what really like weirds me out about it. But two, you are a podcast for Eberron, and I've made three separate videos just teaching the lore of Eberron because I love the world so much. Eberron Rising from the Last War is still my favorite book, not because it's good, but because it's Eberron. And I'm totally biased about it. Have you had a chance to look over uh, the... Exploring Eberron. Eberron. Mm -hmm. No, I haven't, actually. I've been so busy that I haven't even... Like, I've forgotten to order it. Oh, oh my god, there's so much in there about the planes, the the clans of the Moorholds, the... Dakani, oh my god, there's so much in there. Glossary, man. We, yeah, we had, yeah. The, there's so much good in, the, in that book, uh, and I'm just, <laughs> I can't stop reading it. So I, I guess really that, that brings me to one of the questions that I was uh, thinking of, was uh, obviously when I messaged you on my personal account, you were, I, I we were at dinner, and I barely had time to, like, catch up with that, because my food just got there, and I was like, oh, let me start eating, and then, like, you're just like, yes, whatever it is, I'm in. Please, let me do this. And then, <laughs> um, and I'm just like, how do I eat and do Twitter at the same time? I am old. And then uh, they, so so obviously you're excited about uh, Eberron. So really, what is like the thing that drew you to Eberron itself? Right. Uh, I, I checked the message, by the way. You sent me, like, a very, like, good evening, Davy. My name is Russell. Here's a paragraph, like, very formal. My response verbatim was, do you have any idea how much I love the world of Eberron? Very much. The answer is very much. I would love to be involved in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the thing, so I love, like, fantasy. Uh, I think that's obvious. Like, Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis, one of the, the Chronicles of Narnia. Like, fantasy worlds make me very happy. But what I enjoy more than, like, the thing about Lord of the Rings is that it's a very, how do I put this? It's a Middle Ages world with fantasy elements in it. For me, the more fantasy a thing has, the more exciting it is because it's things that I haven't seen before. It's like a world that lives on its own and it's not just a facsimile of the world we live in or lived in, but also there's wizards. Uh, so for Eberron, it carries so many different interesting ideas that not only show that uh, Keith Baker had a lot of ideas of his own, but also had ideas that were trying to circumvent the concept of Dungeons and Dragons. Because I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and I, one of the things I just enjoy in general is uh, like taking a trope and subverting it. So Keith Baker has an entire like section of his continent where halflings, the tiny homely folk, ride dinosaurs into battle, and there's just dinosaurs there. And then across the world, there's an order of nomad, nomadic druid... Uh, orcs that fight off the forces of evil uh just because that's what they're up to and then like the demons have their own wasteland that they live in and also are like fighting barbarians uh there's robots and magical flying ships powered by elementals it's i can't explain it there's just so many amazing things about it i I, i'm the novice here when it comes to eberron and that's kind of what i enjoy about it is the yeah uh, uh magic as science element of it I also enjoy that it is a little bit of an of an advancement in the world because this isn't just 
a world that sprang up somewhere and this is how it is. It seems obvious that, uh, like for Eberron, it is the fantasy world, but if it actually continued and went to its natural conclusion, well, not conclusion, but like if it advanced in time, it's more of a noir 1920s world in Sharn because technology has advanced. Time moved on a bit. You've moved on about a hundred years. And so now magic is such a big part of people's lives. And just to see the creative ideas of, yeah, what if magic became more commonplace and people used it? How would the world be affected by that? What would it look like? That's... Uh, I could go that, on forever about it. That, that's maybe. why we ended up doing the Echoers the way that we did, because we were like, what is the next logical thing for Eberron? Uh, mass communication. It would come around right about that same time, the 1920s, where radio is just starting to take off, music is starting to take off. It's after the war, which means that it would be usable by whatever house invested in it, and so we went hard on that and introduced it into it, and that... I, I, I love the ability, because you can't do that in Faerun. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to create a radio system, because it would just fold in on itself very quickly. Right? Imagine how, like, think about how many people were upset that firearms were introduced uh, in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Like, it's just not a world that or facilitates any technological advancement, because that's just not the world they live in. Well, now, be not careful. Only that, but like magic items, you're not supposed to really give out magic items except for occasionally in like Forgotten Realms. It's not as prevalent as it is. Magic should be fun. It shouldn't be this, you know, reward at the end of it. You should have it the whole time and enjoy it. Yeah, that was something like from 3.5. The one thing from 3.5 that I enjoyed because I'm very much in the it's not my cup of tea crowd. That's uh, going to draw some ire. I know that much already. Um, but. No one knows who you are. Yeah, nobody knows who it is, so they can yell at me all they want. Um, the, 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 oh, what was it? It was like the little the little six-shooter thing that had like the wands in it. Oh, okay, the, the, the um, glove that you could yeah. bring the wand to your hand with. I was like, that was like an Eberron-specific item, if I remember right, where it's like, oh, okay, it's four artificers, so they can just go, oh, I need my wand of mass healing. All right, it's out, you know. I need my uh, 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 magic missile wand. Mm -hmm. Flick your wrist, it's out, you know. So, which is pretty interesting. It in was my pretty opinion. interesting. I think it was actually a complete scoundrel, the wand sleeve, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be wrong. It's you know, Nerds. after a while, all those books just start to bleed into each other. Nerds. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it when people talk about the things that they enjoy. Now, uh, stepping away from Eberron and D and D as a whole, uh, one of your latest videos was you essentially saying that D&D isn't the only tabletop RPG out there. Um, and as someone who has a literal horde of tabletop RPG rulebooks that many of which haven't actually been played yet, uh, why don't we talk about that? Oh yeah. So uh, it, this was actually, at the time of this recording, my latest video. Uh, it is called Stop Playing D&D. And I understand that that's a very like clickbaity title, but the goal was to get a reaction from people, because one way or another, they were going to click it. And I do this sometimes uh, with my more think piece videos, where I make a, a title that is going to be reactionary, uh, but generally, the actual theme of the of the whole, like, article, I guess, uh, is not exactly what the title suggests. So, for Stop Playing D&D, the point of the video was stop playing only D&D. &D. And mm -hmm. it even, it, I even express, and people memed on me so far, I'm not actually telling people to stop playing D&D. &D. 
like you my goal with that was uh like play other systems because you're never going to know what you're missing and you mm -hmm. might find out that you love D&D more than anything else and that's fine that's great like to reaffirm your love but you'll never know if there's something even better for you out there if D&D is the only thing that monopolizes your tabletop role-playing life uh just before this podcast began, we were talking about how uh, I had mentioned in my video that Paranoia was one of my favorite role-playing games ever. And apparently, uh, I have a fellow Paranoia, or I, ha I have a fellow troubleshooter here. Uh, we, we have red jumpsuits in the closet yeah. right behind us. I, yeah, we we have red jumpsuits. Uh, with, have, you like, have custom little, badges. We have custom badges. So mine mine is like my name. It's, it's R-G-R-Y. And mine's Stephen R M Y yeah. R. Yeah, and, and then you guys have like the the badge under it that says the T shooter. T shooter. Yeah, the T shooter yeah. badges. Yeah. yeah. Horde nerds. We, we, oh my uh, god, that's amazing. <laughs> Paranoia. I played. I want to say like ten years ago. A friend of mine randomly introduced it to me, and I was like, "This is just ridiculous. This is a drunken, ridiculous nonsense game." And I hadn't played it in a long time, and then I picked it back up and. Playing Paranoia is wonderful. Running Paranoia is the best because as a DM, that game is designed for you. You yes. can do whatever the hell you want, and it's absolutely it, it, all right. Steven, Steven's most, his part, his favorite part is the debriefing where he gets to ask questions. Like, what is a bear? How did you know what a bear was? <laughs> you said, hold your horses. We're going to talk about horses in a second. We're going to get back to that. I want to go through some clones. Uh... <laughs> My DM once killed, like, had me spontaneously explode for laughing out of game. And I asked why, and it's because you're, uh, and he said it was because my character had gained metaphysical knowledge that someone was laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what was it? it? It was, uh, so, so our, at our, at our friendly local game store, don't forget to support yours, um, mm -hmm. we have a thing called, uh, RPG Discovery Night. Oh, which, RPG Discovery. Uh, Everyone should try yeah. RPG Discovery if, if you don't have one with your group create one and just try some different systems man it was it is yeah it, it was designed by our friend steve shea as how he puts it not D, &D night here are other rpg systems uh, uh that's fair we did paranoia for a couple weeks and oh, what was it the the submarine the yeah. submarine was my absolute because I, I put them in a submarine and they had uh just a panel in front of them that had levers and switches and knobs and all that and no instruction on what to do. So it was six people jammed in a submarine just hitting buttons. And it was absolutely a wonderful time. They almost died. Uh, it, it We stopped as they were about to crash because they had figured out how to pull up at the last moment. And I was like, well, we'll pick this up next week <laughs> with new characters. And then we came back to it. It was real fun. Really, I, I absolutely love Paranoia because you're encouraging everyone else to just fuck each other over and that that makes a difference in that kind of game because in D&D you don't get that outlet. You, well, occasionally you get a rogue who's like, "Oh, I'm going to steal from everybody" or a wizard who's like, "I'm going to shoot fireball in there." But overall, it's 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 like this one the, the game is designed to just make everyone miserable. I I think it's important to uh, mention for anybody that's like listening to the podcast and wondering what the hell we're like, what we're, we're approving here. <laughs> Paranoia is very much a gag game. It's not meant to be taken seriously at all. If you die, uh, like you have a six pack of clones. So like you have extra lives on purpose because you are supposed to screw each other over, but it's all supposed to be in good, in good fun. 
And that's why you don't see it in D&D as much, because in D&D, death is, like, at lower levels, permanent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you can't, like, when you screw your friends over, it has lasting consequences that, at least as far as the game goes, are very real. If I push my teammate off of a cliff in paranoia, uh, he's going to blink a couple of times and, like, land right next to me, and then wonder <laughs> yeah. why the hell I did that. Uh, one of the <laughs> things that uh, I, someone had described it as was it is three stooges in a bomb factory, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's yep, yeah, that's exactly what it is." <laughs> it's very good. It, it's one of those like one one of those games like because like the the manual on it's pretty thick, but it's more of like aimed, in my opinion, towards like this is just a one shot. Just screw around for a bit, have it's, fun. It can be, but uh, again, there's a lot in there that if you take the time, you can cultivate an entire mm -hmm. campaign around. Uh, I think one shots it works better because by the end of the first encounters, everyone has revealed their mutant powers and everyone has revealed their secret societies. You can't help it. Mm -hmm. So, other than paranoia, uh, Mr. Chappie, um, what is your favorite tabletop RPG? First of all, please, uh, Mr. Chappie is my father. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've expected that. There it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would have to say, I know it's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to lose nerd cred for saying uh, something that is like not completely obscure and nobody knows about. But I, I do really uh, heavily enjoy two things. It is both Changeling the Lost and Call of Cthulhu. Both of them have okay. very similar feels to them. They're both very investigative games set in the modern world. Not necessarily, but mod still modern world. Uh, where your whole goal is to survive and learn about monsters that are trying to simultaneously hunt you down and destroy you. It's very fun. I've played in multiple games of both of those. And I, if I had to choose, if you put a gun to my head and force me to decide which one is better, I would have to say Call of Cthulhu because learning how to play a character in Call of Cthulhu is a lot easier than trying to decipher the madness that is any World of Darkness game. Yes. That's that's absolutely fair. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I heard that you mentioned uh, everyone is John. Oh yeah, I love, I love, love, love rules light, like one-off, uh, one-shot adventures. They're very, very, very fun. Well, this is not an adventure, but like games. Uh, so everyone is John is fantastic. Uh, Honey oh, Heist, absolutely. I also mentioned, I don't know if you heard of that. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> For those in the peanut gallery, Everyone is John is a game where you're playing a character who has schizophrenia, and all of the players are, uh, like, personalities within the mind trying to accomplish a goal by taking control of the body and doing horrible, awful things in the real world. And this, this, this unfortunate John man is just having the worst time. Meanwhile, Honey Heist is oh, you sorry. are... Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, I was going to say, one of the things that we wanted to do for Everyone is John is... We wanted to do Everyone is John the Peasant, where we take all of our D&D characters <laughs> from our group and then play them inside the head of John. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. I love that so much. Uh, meanwhile, Honey Heist uh, is a game where uh, you are trying to, like you're a crack team of not spies, but, uh, but thieves. And you're trying to uh, like do your best to like commit a heist. Yeah, you're, you're trying to steal something. There's only one complication. You are all bears, and therefore honey heist. Yeah, yeah. or optionally bears with hats. Bears with hats, that's yeah. optional. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. yeah, you, you yeah. have op optional hats, but bears are mandatory. So for other other rules-like games, uh, 
I, I don't know if you would consider this one a, uh, a rules like it's a for the dungeon. Oh, for the dungeon. Good. Which yeah. is you are playing as the monster. Uh, Rebecca could describe that one better than I can. <laughs> uh, so for the dungeon, oh gosh, now I have to pull up. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter. Um, the creator currently has a Kickstarter going for another RPG. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll pull that up in a minute and I'll, I'll put notes in the in the description. Um, but, uh, so for the dungeon, you play as, um, henchmen, essentially. So you are the low level, um, monsters in a dungeon or in a castle or in what have you. Um, and you have to, uh, essentially do what your boss tells you. So your, your, um, your boss, your, uh, beholder, your, uh, mind flayer boss, whatever, whatever they happen to be, you can go as, um, modern, like, James Bondy or high fantasy as you want, um, and it's, it's meant to be just a, a barrel of laughs. Um, I think the rule book is only, like, 50 pages long. It's not much. It's not much. It's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um, to play as like a one shot. I I know in our one shot, like it kind of it was a series of one shots that we did that just had a slight continuity between them. It's only because you played the same character. Yeah, it's because I was just. It's because he had to find a home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so the the basis of the game is you're running around doing stuff, and it's very slapstick. It's not a serious game at all. We, we we had a we had our, our boss which was a sea holder which is uh, mm-hmm. a beholder with a bespoke suit uh, just stapled to it. <laughs> Good time. I would have expected him to be a pirate. He would have been your oh. sea holder. Oh, oh damn it! You can't was have genius like... like mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> a year too late for the revolution. <laughs> uh, and then I think the, another thing with with. The random games that you play, sometimes you'll get great rule sets from terrible games. So I think that's another reason to try even games that you wouldn't like. We played uh, Pugmire, Pugmire, where you play dogs. It's it's like a 5th edition crack uh, that was done by... I know it was published by Onyx Path Publishing, but I don't know who did it. It was White Wolf. Uh, No, it was Onyx Path. Mm -hmm. White Wolf? (laughs) Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah that, that's the, we'll, no, 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 no. We, we won't maybe, go into that. that maybe when they're great. making their games, but I don't. <laughs> uh, but well, most of White Wolf got dissolved into uh, Onyx Pack Publishing, and then that's, that's all we're going to talk about like, there on oh, a podcast. Overall, the game itself wasn't particularly interesting, but there was uh, one mechanic that I absolutely love from it. For initiative, whoever rolls highest decides who goes next. So. If I, I had the highest initiative, I can choose my teammates to go, but then I'm setting it up so that way the monster goes last on the initiative track, and then next round the monster gets to choose who goes, so he gets two actions in a row. It it, it was a very different way of doing initiative, and you had to actually think about who goes when in order to facilitate everything, and I really liked that. And, and so I think that sometimes playing terrible games can be good, and you can learn things from it and use it in other places. It's like, uh, it, it's like uh, Rebecca and I's experience of uh, Exalted 3rd Edition, where it, it's super crunch, super slow, but it has a system to where you can better your dice rolls uh, by role-playing better. 
it's called a stunt system, which I, I think that's not uh, restricted to Exalted. I think most other uh, of the White Wolf type games that use the storyteller system, I think they all have that to some certain degree, but I'm not sure <laughs> on that. Um, but th that game was very crunchy, very difficult, but like the stunt system was probably part that I would pull from other would pull and then put in other games. Sorry. Coughing. No, I it's got water there. That was my apologies. <laughs> COVID, I told you. Yeah, we all tested. Uh, you didn't get... Apparently, uh, the, apparently the uh, podcast scanner doesn't work very well if you have COVID. No, no the <laughs> podcast is you. scanner. Yeah, 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 it's not scanning us. No. Yeah. Not yet. I hope Sorry, I we're making get... sure you're good. Don't give my computer uh, a virus. Uh, <laughs> 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 um... So, moving on um, from... Uh, actually, I, I had oh. a question pertaining to this. Oh, actually. Did? Oh, what a, I did oh, my dear. homework, oh, I told yeah. you. Well, maybe um, I don't want to answer your questions. Maybe you don't answer my dumb you question. Don't, you don't have to. Look, blink twice oh. if if you're in danger. Oh shit, he's in danger, fuck. No, so... so... Uh, obviously, you you did make the we, we were just talking about it. The stop playing D and D video, and then in part of that video, you said um, that people homebrew the game, uh, the homebrew D and D to the point where they're trying to fit that square peg into the round hole. But at this point, it, it, it's not really as recognizable as fifth edition D and D anymore. Uh, so the question that I had was if you could add or remove any. Anything from, well, any aspect mechanic from Dungeons and Dragons or like add one from another system, uh, what would that be? Uh, you can also, I, I would, right. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's a very interesting thing. If I were to change 5th edition, uh, like, I, I think I might edit your question just a little bit, uh, if I if I were to change with edition, <laughs> uh, it, okay. To answer your very like the specific of your question, uh, it, to add or uh, remove one thing, I would uh, change the way that skills work so that they are not all or nothing. You either have it or you don't. Your proficiency bonus is what it is. I think that that helps make things a bit more simple. Uh, but it also mean th there's also no growth with it. You either. Like, once you begin the game, you have those proficiencies, and then, yes, they will grow based off of your proficiency bonus, but they're either going to be, like, you are going to be really good at this, or you are going to be really terrible at the things that you didn't have proficiency in. Uh, I would see it that you would, over, like, each level, put points into whatever you would like, or, or perhaps specific skills based on your class, uh, so that there is a feeling of growth. Because right now, uh, one of the things that makes me the most sad is... With the exception of your class's abilities, you never feel like you're really learning things. You just feel like you're being bestowed upon you more powers that, like, your class has arbitrarily given you. Uh, there are very few ways for you to gain skills, proficiencies, uh, or feats you get a little bit more often. But, uh, like I said, like, there's not so much a progression of the character, which for a role-playing game, I do find to be a little bit of... Uh, it does detract from the game a little bit for me. I can't talk to my uh, friends. Like, I can't learn herbology from the druid as I go on my journey unless I spend a feat to, like, learn a bunch of skills at random, and uh, that just feels awkward. I agree with you entirely with that. That's one of my 
big issues with 5th edition is that um, one thing I like to do with my 3.5 characters and my Pathfinder characters is whenever my character uses a skill, regardless of if it's like a class skill or anything, I put a dot next to it on my character sheet because I've used that skill, which means that when I level up, I'm going to put points in that skill. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's actually something that I enjoy about uh, uh, the, well, both uh, Changeling and uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu is that as you progress, uh, you don't actually have a level. You just gain experience and then you can put it into things mm -hmm. that you have been practicing with, which that just, it opens so much more, like, uh, uh, it, it breathes life into the character is what it needs to do. Uh, when I mentioned I was going to completely change your answer to what would I change about 5e, if I could make D&D &D take the basic structure of 5e but change one major thing, I would remove levels from the game. So, the reason being is levels are a thing that, as they are right now, uh, they are very useful for tracking the progress of your character and balancing it uh, as, far, as far as the dungeons go. Uh, it would take a lot of like uh, playtesting to find something that could emulate that, but I believe that as you go, you should like gain experience from doing various different things, but that experience would then, instead of like be doing absolutely nothing for you until you reach an arbitrary amount, at which point you ding and gain all of the power, you would be able to put that experience into other like abilities you have. Or if you don't want to call it experience, you can say at every milestone, you can gain an ability from a large list of abilities. Uh, it would do two things. First, it would mean that you would feel more like you're progressing as a character rather than you're just progressing as a stat sheet that you've read out of a book. And two, it would mean that you would be able to build your character the way that you want, which, as much as 5e's simplicity has made it much more accessible for so many more people, it does run into the problem of when you pick a fighter, you're getting your fighter stuff. When you pick your subclass, you're getting your subclass stuff. That's Those are your things. You're going to level up, and you're going to be forced into that track. With, uh, like, with picking your own stuff, it would mean not only are you growing, but you're growing the way you want to. Uh, sort of how the Warlock does right now, actually. With its invocations and, and spells. Yeah. But that is kind of, I think that is kind of why Warlock is one of my favorite classes. Even, even though, you know, I, I hold the wrong opinion of 4th edition was my favorite edition, so... <laughs> well, I knew there was something wrong about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there had to be something. You were far too nice. See, I enjoyed 4th edition for Gamma World, and that was it. Like, it worked for that, but not for D&D. Because, again, Gamma World's silly, and you can have fun with it, but I, I don't then, want Then again, your, your Gamma World was, okay, we're in this section, we're going to go play a different game now. Well, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. I, I fully um, don't understand Gamma World. Yeah. If we had to, like, if we had to praise 4th edition for one thing, I will say, we do, like... We make fun of 4th edition quite a, a, a bit, and it does deserve it, but yeah. that is, like, it, it was uh, Wizards of the Coast making a leap into a system that they didn't know whether it was going to be good or not. And a lot of the things that, like, a lot of the positive things that they got from 4th edition, they did actually put into 5th edition. Without 4th edition, we wouldn't have had 5th edition, because, like, we had what 5th edition would have been after 3rd edition, and that was 4th edition. Like, they tried to do something new and failed, 
and from that failure, they found the success of 5th edition. Yeah, my, my, my favorite thing about 4th edition, honestly, is just something that I, I feel Wizards doesn't do as much anymore. They release their design documents for 4th edition saying, this is like what our idea is behind this mechanic. This is why you should enjoy this mechanic. Like, uh, they, they had an entire article, if I remember right, about why removing uh, the perform skill was uh, a good thing because it, it, it basically boiled down to if you want your character to be a performer, just make his backstory be a performer, make their backstory be a performer as opposed to putting ranks into it, which it, it was an unpopular opinion. Uh, I know Rebecca has thoughts on that. Um, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, the, the other thing 4th edition that, did that I really liked is how it categorized the classes uh, into, like, I, think, I think it was like leader, control damage, and then uh, yeah. like support or something like that. Um, and that kind of funneled into how the game was, uh, which obviously I come from a wargaming perspective, so 4th edition is my favorite edition for <laughs> that reason. <laughs> Oof. Because it had the best combat system. Oof. Uh, I, I uh, am at, my most controversial stance is that if you would like to play like a combat-heavy system, you can go play Warhammer. Yeah, uh, I, I, it is, it is a controversial opinion, but I believe that like in a role-playing game, role-play should be the like the first and foremost thing. And some people say play you how you that. want, and I agree, but don't push the game into being like a combat-centric game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There, there are plenty of board games such as, um, oh, what, it, what is it called? I think, I, I think it's called um, like Brimstone or something like that. It's a little cowboy game that's <laughs> it's kind of like, I wouldn't describe it as an RPG in a box. I originally described it as an RPG in a box, which was a mistake. Uh, the other two are currently glaring at me because I did describe it as that. Yes. Um, they, it, it's a little cowboy game that you can, that you're exploring mines and like aliens and stuff come in and you have to go kill them. And then another kind of pseudo, it has like RPG elements, uh, but is more of like a tactical game that we've been enjoying. Uh, it's called a Kingdom Death Monster, Kingdom Death Monster yeah. which is a game that I highly recommend you don't buy because it's four hundred dollars. <laughs> it is a great oh, game bought... if somebody else buys it. <laughs> I've bought Gloomhaven and I've already pre-ordered Frosthaven. <laughs> that is a game that we want to try out. We have yes. heard good things, we just haven't it's, had it's time. It is on our uh, list. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I find it very, very fun. I think that the first mission is far too powerful. Uh, you should probably like play the first couple of missions like on normal. And then boost it up to whatever like di difficulty you want it to be. Uh, it's one major glaring flaw as far because I love tabletop board games. I, I have a, an entire cabinet just filled to the brim with board games. My favorite board game of all time is the Red Dragon Inn, of which I own most of the expansions, but not yes. all. Yes, yeah. uh, that is a great say. game. It 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 yep. works as an actual drinking game. Sorry, I clap. Yeah. I'm getting excited. Not only that, no, but let the gentleman let finish. The gentleman finish. I'm excited. Uh, the, I'm sorry. The glaring problem that uh, Gloomhaven has is that actually trying to put the thing away is almost, it's nigh impossible. Uh, there are so many little bits and like cards and various things strewn about that you can organize a lot of it together because it has slots for them, but it has, there's even more things, almost an entire half of it that doesn't have any placement within the box. So you just have to throw it in 
put the like the the placement stuff on top of a lot of cardboard and hope that it fits in the box properly it was a nightmare to put away that is entirely the reason why the lords of waterdeep is one of my favorite games is because of the box <laughs> so uh moving away from uh favorites and things like that uh, I'm going to ask you a deep and existential question. Oh no. If you could cast any spell in the real world, what would that spell be? <sighs> a very interesting question. Very difficult question. Oh my. Oh me, oh my. Uh, suggestion. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Oh god. I'm. <laughs> So my thought process was, okay, what are spells? Okay, what is, uh, like, what are the spells I can choose from? If only there was a video. Oh, I've made a video. Oh, I've made a lot of videos. Oh, I hated <laughs> making those videos out of my head. Okay. Ah, oh, jeez, jeez. Um, there's so, this is difficult. I, I, I feel <laughs> I like I'm on I entirely blindsided you with this. I do apologize. Yes, you, so normally when people ask me questions like these, uh, I always respond with, oh, I don't have one, because I can't think of a, like, there's so many spells, and the amount of options just leads me to blank out completely. It has to be a bard spell, but what kind of bard spell? Uh, you, you, got two, you got two bard players here with Steven and Rebecca, so you're in good company. Oh, boy, have you seen my channel? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh Bard spell. Probably something in the enchantment or illusion uh, school. Uh, Alter self would be nice. I love yeah. any of the charm spells. Uh, fuck it. Mass charm person. Right. Okay. Mass charm. That makes sense. Yeah, that, once you said illusion, Stephen got very excited. I want yeah, you to know yeah. that. <laughs> no. No. Not oh, mass no. charm person. Hallucinatory terrain. I Another choose hallucinatory terrain. Okay. Why? Uh, because it means I could go anywhere, and then from Ooh. me, I could sprout out my own world that everyone else has to live in. Oh, that's a answer. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. In the vein of that question, I'm going to be a dick and ask you another complicated question. Oh my lord, please no. So... We did mention that we have introduced radio to Eberron and to D&D. &D. Right. What is one real-world thing you would like to introduce into D&D &D that you think would bring something good to the game? Bonus points if uh, you introduce it into the Eberron campaign setting. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. We're keeping points. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, a lot of questions here. <laughs> Remember when, you, remember when you asked, hey, do you want a list of the questions? And I said, yes. <laughs> Sorry, these questions that we are coming up with for the out-of-character chat. No, these these two are ones that Steven and I always do for the out-of-character. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I apologize. No, I like springing these ones on yeah. people. Because then you get better answers. We're giving the poor thing anxiety. Oh. oh, now I'm being belittled. I don't know if I really want to do the in-character <laughs> section anymore. <laughs> Well, so, I'm done. We should have done the in-character first. Damn it. Fuck. Hmm. <laughs> Perhaps monetary compensation would assage my worries. Uh, I would be willing to discuss that. Do you want to talk about it over Overwatch? <laughs> 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 Only if I can play Reaper. 
Did you play? You played on the one yeah. coast. Are you on <laughs> PC or are you on Xbox? Because it depends on who has to play Overwatch then. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say you, you know for a fact I play Overwatch. I'm Junkrat main because I'm terrible at the game. I haven't played Overwatch in months. I should t tell you. Yeah, yeah same. Hey, one v one means smite. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, a thing that would be a modern day piece of technology that would do well in the fantasy world and actually like be a positive influence on it. Uh, uh, see, Ever Everon does very, very well at like implementing uh, technology into the world and it, it makes, it's painstaking in how it doesn't put into, or put in anything that's going to like supersede the need for adventures anymore. But but anything that I could come up with, like there's already a uh, a parallel to it in some sort of fantasy world. Like even if I said even if I said television, uh, magic mirrors exist and they do the same thing. Fair. So That's what fair. is the, a better question? What exists in the real world that doesn't exist in a fantasy world in some way? You you say telephones, even I can respond to that with magic stones. They exist in Faerun, actually. Uh, like no lamps, you have magical lights. What does exist that I doesn't already right. exist in a fantasy world? Those fancy toasters that put butter inside the toast as it toasts them. Prestidigitation, Hero's Feast. Oh, yeah. Wow. Speaking of Hero's <laughs> Feast, I have that cookbook. Oh, my. It's so good. Oh, oh, yeah, you said that you ate ate too many of the morsels. Oh, not the oh, morsels. Yeah. Nibbles. I've been cooking thing after thing after thing. Uh, but my favorite thing so far, and what I brought this to my uh, like in-person D and D group, uh, were halfling sweet nibbles. They are butterscotch chocolate oatmeal cookies uh, made by halflings, and so they're like bite-sized. Well, uh, one or two bites. Uh, but you make a whole lot of them, and then you just pile them in a big old basket and toss them out at your friends. And uh, my favorite moment was when I looked around the room and everybody was biting into the cookies, and I thought, yeah. I made that. <laughs> so, so are you okay? You were complaining of a stomachache earlier. Oh yes, no, I'm fine. Uh, I had something to drink, and then it all went away. <laughs> I bounced back. I'm still young. I can eat cookies all day and not suffer side effects until the next morning. If you don't have ice cream for breakfast, then what are you doing with your life? Right. I, there was a moment where I like where I was at the store buying ingredients for a dish that I wanted to prepare, and I saw an entire cake, and I thought, no, I can't buy an entire cake. My mom said no. Wait a minute. My mom's not here right now, and I have the money. Ha ha! I'll buy this entire cake, and then I bought it. I'm an it. adult. I could do what I want. <laughs> yes, and then I bought the entire cake, and I ate the entire cake. Well, I ate half of the cake because I got at, at about halfway through. I realized, ah, yes, I am an adult, and that leads to adult problems like upset stomachs and the inability to eat sugar and survive. <laughs> I think I think we've all been there, and, and I, I I know we we were there recently with one of the cakes you made, where we ate like the majority what? of it, and then like halfway through, like like we we're at like the last quarter. The trash like, Yeah, we're just like yeah. that's too much. You made a mistake. The, the Trebex milk cake. Good stuff. <clears throat> right. So it, it, uh, to answer your question, by the way, I have sidestepped your question. That's fine. No, no. I know. I, I I've been keeping track. Right, right. Don't worry, I've lost track, so you would have been fine with me. <laughs> yeah, well, you you enjoy fourth edition, so. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. 
So what is what is the item you would introduce into uh, a fantasy, Straight back to it. fantasy setting? Rebecca's, <laughs> I, I could not. It, it wouldn't be possible. It all exists. With with enough imagination, it already exists. Okay. Yeah. It's a good side step. It's a good side step. Yeah. Good, good Maybe I could come up with with a real answer and not anti your question if I if I had a bit more time to think about it. But I don't if want this podcast to be forty minutes of me standing in silence. At four a.m., you're going to <laughs> <laughs> your eyes are going right. to just burst open and you're going to take to Twitter. Right. A Nintendo uh, GameCube. <laughs> Are you all right? I introduced D and D to D and D, just really fuck up everything. <laughs> Didn't they already do that? I think they may have. That sounds like something they would do. Um, oh, the Rick and Morty one has has goblins playing, playing D and D. So yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> I do my best to stay away from those Rick and Morty things. We, we, we didn't know we were in a Rick and Morty game yeah, until... Yeah, our DM uh, reflavored it away from Rick and Morty, which was kind of nice. That's hilarious. Um, so, like... We were hired as dungeon inspectors, and we went hard on that the whole time. We played it very farce. We, we did not... Like, every every time we'd encounter bad guys, we'd be like, all right, I'm here to inspect the dungeon. I'm going to need you to go ahead and start step. Yeah. You made, like, a little badge and everything. I did. Dungeon, Dungeon Inspector. Inspector. Yep. Good time. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I look at that, and I'm like, this is official, but I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> and that's the same feeling that I get when I look at the Acquisitions Incorporated book. That, oh, well, no, that's not the same Aww, feeling. When I look at that, fun. I think, this is official, right? Right? It says <laughs> it is, but, like, is it really? Because I don't remember an announcement, and it doesn't look... Hmm. If I if I pretend it's not there, it's not official. If I yeah, <laughs> I'm the D and D guy. If it's not on my channel, it must not be real. It must there you not go, be yeah. real. Yeah, exactly. It's just a very expensive homebrew. <laughs> I don't know. Steven and I paid a lot of money for exploring everyone, which is literally a really expensive homebrew. Yeah, but Keith Baker, but like, Keith Baker might have touched it. No, he did. He definitely. He, if he, he has it, we'll shout, shout it out! Him. Shout out to the Eberron Discord, by the way. They're cool guys. Oh shit! There's yeah. an Eberron Discord. Oh, See, did you is, not know? So this is something that I I was really surprised about uh, when I found out that you were such you know an Eberron fanboy uh, was that you were not part of this. Oh, Keith's Eberron. on there. Wayne's Keith? on there. Imogen? Yeah, Keith. I would jumps love on there to be and, here. Like, answers questions. Mm-hmm. Holy jeez. Yeah. We can't invite him though because currently we're kind of popular and as <laughs> soon as he joins we just bottom the barrel I again. know in in off topic literally an hour ago I was like we're gonna do an interview with Debbie Chappie it's gonna be so cool and everybody's like oh my gosh you guys made it to the big time don't forget about us and it's like you, shit you had Smith on earlier I'm what I feel like you're going downwards <laughs> <laughs> no, see, see, you're, you're, but it's the Eberron community. You are bigger in the Eberron community than Runesmith is. Mm-hmm. That's fair. All right, looks like I have my army, and Runesmith only has the army of people who enjoy Dungeons and Dragons and also Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Pokemon, that's how I've how I've described our strategy of gaining guests is we are going to Pokemon our way up the ladder. We're gonna just to make, Keith Baker. We're gonna get there eventually. We're gonna Keith trick Baker him. is Mew. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so 
We want um, him on to, to do Merrick to Kenneth. Like, I really want him to come on as Merrick to Kenneth. This is going to be the and first episode interview. he ever listens to, just, and he's just going to be like, yep, these people are creepy. It, like okay. I said, well, if, if you want to go to all the way in, uh, for when you get bigger, here's a little a word of warning. People are going oh. to try to turn you into a furry. Uh, on the topic of Pokemon, uh, which is oh, what yeah. like brought this up, uh, whenever someone asks, hey, what would if you were an animal, what would you be? Now, mind you, whenever they ask that, I can always tell that they're an artist, so I have to be very careful with my answer. Uh, and so when they ask, what kind of animal would you be? My response is giraffe-rig, because no one wants to draw giraffe-rig. And so, <laughs> thus far, I'm not anyone's persona of anything, because no one wants to draw giraffe-rig. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Russ? No. <laughs> All right, make a note of that. We need to put giraffe that up somewhere. Giraffe rig. I, I need to make sure. Has it? Have I made it well enough? Well enough known that I don't know how to interact with people properly, and so I just espouse sidestepping memes. No, this no, is absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, to, to be to be honest, when when uh, when I asked the add or remove question, I fully expected the answer of dispel magic because that seems to be the meme of the month now. Of like every D and D YouTuber is like dispel magic bad because it ruins the face and fun of the game, and it's just like okay, well you get it. I I believe that it was actually XP to level three that like kicked off that movement. Uh, but if we're being fair, I did jump on the band. Well, I didn't jump on the bandwagon. He released that, and I thought, no, there is a spell worse than that. And so I made a video uh, about how I thought counterspell is bad. I find mm. counterspell to be just the most intrusive thing in the world. But, and it's it's one of those things where a lot of the people who disagreed with me uh, have the same, like, for them, it's the same uh, phenomenon as healing. They don't find it a problem because players use it all the time. But the moment the bad guys start using it a lot, <laughs> then it's suddenly going to be too powerful. Mm -hmm. Like when, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. So I played Dark Souls and one of the enemies drinks an Estus Flax and you're just like, no, you can't do that. I'm, I'm allowed to do that. Exactly. <laughs> or in Pokemon when, when, when they, when they, when they use any other store. Just, Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> Table play. <laughs> so we got to get personas ready. Is everyone ready? I already, I mean, okay, good. Rusty already has his. Already has his, yeah. A bottle of mustard. If yep. anybody would like to draw me as a bottle of mustard, I'm down for that. All right. You've already got it. See, you are ready for the big leagues. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it has to be French's mustard, and no other brand can be it. It is French's only. If it is, you're so weird. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. Uh, I've got it. You can, uh, if somebody asks you uh, what you what you would be, you can say uh, you can draw me as uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fourth Edition. Nobody wants to draw that. <laughs> oh, Ooh. god damn! Ooh. I'm gonna go cry now. Just, I don't know what just I did. Don't other than, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Other than like a game, you it's, have it's to take because it to everyone hospital. knows. Like it, 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 you can just sense it about Russell. You're like, no, nah, I can treat him like shit. <laughs> Every group I'm in, I become the whipping boy. <laughs> That's why they call you meats, yes. Is <clears> there <throat> oh, no. so anything else we had for the interview before uh, we actually I, get to I, why I, we're here? I was trying to think of like an in uh, inclusivity uh, question, but I honestly can't think of one that without oh. being ham-fisted about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are, are you implying that 
Oh, you don't know the meme. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no. I know the meme. The other two. Oh, okay. All right. Are you implying that I'm waiting for you? I, I, I am implying that you are uh, of the uh, oh my of god, the homosexual no. variety. Yes. Oh, you poor sweet <laughs> child. I thought you understood the joke. So, uh, apparently not. I thought know, I did. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, well, yeah, no, that is it. But there's a saying. So, uh, every once in a while, I will mention that I'm gay. And it'll, like, I don't like just making it my personality. So every once in a while, I'll just say it. Because you can just say it. Uh, but yeah, every time I do, okay. it is a shock to a lot of, of viewers. They don't realize it. And so it's led to the meme where any time I do that, and someone didn't realize, every time someone asks, wait, Debbie's gay? The reaction needs to be, Debbie's gay? <laughs> so, so <laughs> as, I as I ask again... Are you implying Davy's gay? Davy's gay? I don't have a desk in front of me, yeah, so I'm gonna have to like hit my lap. Yeah, so there yeah, we go. Hit something first, like it's oh a big, give it a big old smack. I just fucked that. I just yeah, fucked yeah, that yeah, recording. Yeah, that mic. Oh <laughs> Beat that mic. Beat that mic. My ears. Uh, all right, <laughs> so now that we've sorry. made it about me for five minutes, no. what was your question? Uh, no, I, 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 I guess. Uh, so the, the, the. I, I don't know if it's okay if I, if I say this about. Hi, we're all two. bisexual. Hi, the yeah. three of us are in a bisexual household. We are not in a polycule. Uh, hi, Jake. That is my. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're not listening, but Jake is my boyfriend. Um, so <laughs> we're in a Let's bisexual household. Move people on. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> now they've got a lot the, of ideas about you, Russell. Again, mm. bottle of French's mustard, please. Rethink that for um, So I'm pretty sure the question you're about to ask is, um, how do you feel about um, how the LGBT community is viewed in uh, the tabletop RPG community? And um, if there is any way that... TTRPGs can grow, or ways that the uh, tabletop role-playing community has excelled in accepting marginalized groups such as LGBT people. Thank you for asking that that way, because I was about to ask it in the most ham-fisted way possible. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, you it's important to recognize that tabletop role-playing doesn't exist in a bubble. The advancements that tabletop role-playing has had could really be described more as the advancements that nerd culture has had, or that we, that just our culture has had. If you tried to, like, be any sort of thing that wasn't uh, straight 20 years ago, then you would have to be very hush-hush about it, because it would would have been very okay to not like that. But as time goes on, like, th but that's the same, like, way of thinking that people have for literally Dungeons and Dragons. Like, if you, 20 years ago, if you talked about liking Dungeons and Dragons, people would make fun of you for it, right? But as we have advanced as a society, and especially, I think, with the age of the internet, where everybody is connected to each other, and people are able to see and connect with more niche groups and realize that they are not alone in the world, they have gained more confidence. And more importantly, those things have been more normalized. So... As time has passed, it is all right to like Dungeons and Dragons. It's okay to be gay. Let's rejoice with the boys in the gay way. So, as far as like the tabletop community and the LGBT the LGBT community goes, there can always be progress. Enough will never be enough. Just that's the reality of the world. We can we are always going to strive for the greatness we can never achieve. But where we are right now is leagues above where we were. 20 years ago. Uh, and more importantly, uh, 
we seem to be in a place where it is, how do I put this? We are in a place where being unaccepting of something like that is more and more like you can't be like that. Like you can't not be accepting of LGBT things. And that is a good place to be in because it's, it's the exact opposite phenomenon where the more that we uh, like consolidate as a group, the less that people will be able to break us. And eventually that thought process is going to like wane away. It's not going to disappear completely because it can't. But as far as like community goes, I think that we are the strongest we have ever been both as a tabletop community and as an LGBT community. I hope that answers your question a bit. Oh, that, that answers my question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Davy Chappy, would you be so kind as to uh, just uh, pitch whatever it is you're currently working on? Oh, am I? Is this the part where I look at the three cameras because I ate all the spicy wings? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Is that, that a thing? That was, oh that was yeah, a hot ones. Yeah, See, can hot I ones. eat spicy wings while you do this? Have you never watched hot ones? I've Wait. seen a couple. Okay. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, no. Oh my, Pat Oswalt, what's wrong with you? Oh my god, am Wait, I am Pat? I Pat Oswald or is can I be Pat, Pat Oswald? Yeah, I want to be Pat Oswald. You you are Pat Oswald. Yes, your I voice it reminds me just a little bit. Anyway, sorry for. Uh, I love it. But you know what? Anyway. I, I'm gonna fit, just freak out right now. Oh my. <laughs> Pat Oswald, so if you're listening, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> call me. I have a stunt double for your voice. <laughs> just call okay. me. Uh, we'll hang out. I don't know. Can we watch movies like you did on Red Letter Media? <laughs> but yes, right. this is this is the part where you get to uh, you get to just tell us stuff. Right. I, I don't know if there's so much to tell. Uh, I for those of you who don't know, I suppose. Uh, my, howdy, how's it going? My name is Davy Chappie, and I'm teach people how to play Dungeons and Dragons on YouTube. You can find me on YouTube at Davy Chappie. Uh, I also stream on Twitch every Tuesday and Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I play variety games, uh, but more importantly, I do uh, like face-to-face -face streams. I go over the books when they come out, uh, and every once in a while, I do streams where I cook in front of people, and that—that uh, that'll be fun. Uh, other than that. I don't think there really is anything else to shout out. I have a Discord. Uh, somehow, despite the fact that I present it on both Twitch and uh, YouTube, people don't remember that I have a Discord, but I have it, and I'm in there semi-often. Since most of my life is on computer, and especially with COVID, I can't go outside if I wanted to, uh, I spend like time where I just want to talk to people by going into my own voice chat. So if you ever want to talk to me, you can hop in there, and hopefully I'll be cordial with you. But of course, if you like 4th edition, then... <sighs> You know what, I'm just gonna go ahead and join your Discord and just get banned immediately real quick. Yeah. Just three seconds. Oh no, we don't ban you. We'll ban roll you? on you where you're not able to talk at all because we oh. can't let you like propagate your awful fourth edition ways, but you're still able to watch so that hopefully you can learn what it is to like a proper system. I was gonna say, you get to watch as everybody hates on you for liking fourth edition, but you can't... Uh... He has to divide it up so that 3.5 talk is here, 4th edition is here, 5th edition is here, and you're the only one in 4th. Yeah. You can't interact with anyone else. <laughs> probably going to break a rule, but I'm just going to add Daddy Chappy. I like 4th edition. <laughs> my 12th... Uh, uh, I have a list of rules on my server, and my 12th rule I change just based off of whatever like the meme is. Let me check to see what it is right now. Uh, the 12th rule is giraffes are cancelled. <laughs> uh, so I could change it in honor of you. Uh... 
in honor of you. Wait, what the? Oh, what you've you've messaged me on on uh, on <laughs> my Discord. Gonna... What is this? <laughs> what I told you it's gonna add you on Discord. <laughs> what is this? I am in an an interview right now. Sir. I say in italics. Um, so I'm gonna need a screenshot of this so we can put it up with uh with everything. We'll tweet oh this. Right, that's it. Law. I'm going. Let me go to my my. Uh, rules, edit message, rule 12, fourth edition <laughs> is butts. Save. Best Perfect. rule, best rule. Best rule. All right, Russell, you got, you got focus in. <clears throat> All right. So, yes. Um, Discord, YouTube, you are on the Twitter. Uh, Twitch. And the Twitch. Oh, both of those, actually. Oh, I also have an Instagram. Uh, that one, uh, I would recommend you not go to unless you want to see a lot of really thirsty comments. Oh my. <laughs> I, I have to go there now because I enjoy reading thirst comments. It's my favorite thing to do is to w read thirst comments and then go, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> so the, the, the teddy bear that you have met of ours, uh, he he has posted some thirst pics he on has, Instagram. Indeed, and he's, he's yeah. the worst. Yeah. He has some tasteful nudes. <laughs> Not no, he, he the kind of taste. Well, it's yeah, him but... laying on a beach in Oregon, uh, sunbathing. You know how it is. Yeah, there. Would you like to see like my that. stuffing? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my. Um. So thank you so much for uh, interviewing with us and doing this one. It's been fantastic. and then also uh, playing uh, James the shoe salesman. Um. Right. For the Echoers. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it uh, very much. It's not every day that someone uh, wants me to talk for like longer than 10 minutes. Uh, so I enjoy taking every opportunity that I can get. Uh, now we can move on to the uh, next section, which is me interviewing you. Uh, so oh, uh, you mentioned oh. that Paranoia was your favorite game, but yet uh, you have not invited me into a Paranoia game this entire time that we've been talking to each other. Uh, how do you respond to that? So, I, so I, I thought that that would be rude. I thought it'd be rude to immediately assume that because we invited you and because we have similar hobbies that I'd be like, well, you should play a game. I, I honest mm. to God, I thought that would just be in four mm. days. So see, I'm a horrible person and I was going to immediately once we stopped recording uh, say, hey, do you want to play Paranoia and maybe, like, other RPGs with us, like Good Society, which I'm sure you haven't heard of, but I'm obsessed with? Uh, so, w we mm. are doing... Uh, Sounds good more like your saving face, but in the interest of fair play, I accept. Ooh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, well, good Society is a Jane Austen RPG, uh, and Rebecca has been slowly reworking it to take place in Sharn during the Sharn Gala. Uh, Tangala. Uh, I'm sorry, Tangala, yes, yeah. of course. Uh, there's a lot of things. So one of the things I wanted to do was, uh, <laughs> if we ever get there, uh, running other RPGs, I want to do ever run my game and, uh, do just Eberron versions of different games like Paranoia set in Eberron, call it Kyber, have it exist in a demiplane somewhere where you get clones and all of that. Uh, but, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I again, I, I'd love to have you play Paranoia. Again, if you need anyone to play Paranoia, you need a DM, absolutely your guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I will say, now that you've, uh, you remind me of it, uh, something that whenever I, like, 
because I have ran games set in Eberron before. I, oh, I ran right. like a three-year multi, like multi-campaign, multi-group spanning world plot. Uh, and one of the, uh, whenever I'm trying to come up with a plot of something, uh, especially when it's characters, I like to listen to music. Uh, for Eberron, it is itself a character. Like the world yeah. is a character. Uh, and so the when I want to come up with ideas for Eberron, there actually is a musical that I listen to called The Dolls of New Albion. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but no. it is a three-part uh, like musical. It's three separate musicals set in a steampunk uh, like world that advances into an industrial diesel punk world that then further advances into uh, a 1940s atom punk world. So like the nuclear Ooh. family type deal. Ooh, uh, that's fun. They don't have too much to do with like fantasy, but the they have a way of describing the world and describing things that go on in it. Uh, and a general vibe to it, like uh, it's things are very Victorian in steampunk, but then they become 1920s like swinger noir uh, when they go into diesel punk. So it gives me like uh, it, it gives to me the or it gives me the juxtaposition that Eberron has, like how you can be in Sharn and you're in like a speakeasy, and then you can walk five miles outside of it and find a traditional like fantasy village. Oh, I'm going to definitely have to listen. I, I'm obsessed with musicals and uh, one of the things that we do in addition to the Echoers is a side project called uh, Kevin Capona's Tiny Taverns. Uh, one of the characters from the Echoers has created a way to summon in musical performers from across uh, just the different dimensions. Uh, there is another podcast called uh, Bardic Mystery Tour. They do all their own music and they write all their own songs while they're solving mysteries, playing D&D. And we had them on, and it, it's great because that's the fun of Eberron, is getting to work different things in. Like, punk music fits weirdly in certain areas, and then your railway, you know, uh, Big Rock Candy Mountain folk music fits in this area of Eberron. Cor Corvair is such a vast area, and it, every, everything works so well. You think Corvair, from my understanding, is just scratching the surface, because there's like... There's well, more. Uh, absolutely, Eberron, absolutely. Yeah, I, I always just focus on Corvair. Uh, it's, it's where most stuff happens. In right, so it was I Dolls of New Albion. See my, I could turn around and see my map of Corvair hanging on my wall. Ooh, we have we, one too in our dining room. Uh -huh. Yeah, Rebecca huh. got off oh, so good. I, I, I guess we're I guess we're gonna do this now. We're gonna start measuring e peens. But what's your what's your uh, how big is your uh, Corvair <laughs> map? <laughs> I think now is a good time for me to go get a drink really quick because it's been a while since I've. Uh, my mouth is getting a little dry, you know. <laughs> also, I don't really talk to people who play 4th edition beer back. <laughs> uh, so in the time that right. he is gone, um, obviously, uh, we haven't finished out this OOC yet. Uh, I want everyone to, to take this moment to uh, find Dabby Chappie's stuff and just uh, just follow him. And then in the comment after you follow him, just write bananas. Banana, not fourth edition. Not, not. I like fourth edition heart. Both. Oh, there Both. we go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like fourth just, edition. What bananas. are you doing to me? <laughs> all, all ten of our followers are gonna get it. Don't well, worry. All ten. We got ten. Don't worry. <laughs> we are fan art. Like yeah, last so, month, it was so, like, oh my god. Yeah, the 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 fan art has been weird, uh, and then like it, it's it, we like <laughs> we get followers and we have like. 10 devoted followers mm -hmm. who are crazy good at everything. And if you're listening, Hunter, I love you. You're the best. Please just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, and by and by weird, 
weird he means like well that that that's Hi. not something that happens every day yeah, I, I, we I, have imposters under yeah i wouldn't know. follow us i would no. just yeah Oh, don't, don't even begin with imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that was something I was gonna ask because, like, you make a lot of videos, and uh, obviously you have an editor. How do you avoid burnout? <laughs> that oh, has nothing uh, to do with uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, those those are two separate things. But entirely. Uh, are you talking about burnout with Dungeons and Dragons specifically, or burnout with being a YouTuber? Being, being a YouTuber. Jinx. Oh well, that's very simple. So, uh, it's difficult sometimes. Uh, the motivation isn't there and if you rely on motivation you are going to fail motivation is a fickle thing uh and the moment that you like decide that you need it in order to succeed then you have already failed uh i for the life of me have not missed a single week of uploading a video every single week on saturday at noon i upload a video uh in fact i want to upload them a little bit earlier a while back i had made a poll and completely forgot about it but i asked hey do we, should I make videos earlier? And people said yes. I completely ignored it, but I might actually scale it back. Point is, uh, I know that one day, if I ever fail to upload a video, it's over for me, because that's what's keeping me going. The fact that no matter what happens, I will always upload a video every week, every single week. Uh, as far as burnout goes, you're right. I have an editor. Her name is Emma. Hello, Emma, if you're listening to this. Uh, Hi, Emma. She has been messaging me periodically uh, because uh, one of my videos that's going to come out this uh, this Saturday is going to begin with a tiny clip from Scott Pilgrim where Stephen Stills goes, a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig. Uh, and she, because I told her, hey, get that clip real quick. She didn't know how to do that, and I didn't realize that she wasn't going to ask me how. So she downloaded the entire movie so that oh, she could no. get that one segment <laughs> instead of just downloading it from YouTube or something. <laughs> anyway, so, yes, I have an editor. But the reason why I got an editor wasn't because I was getting burnout. It was because uh, before COVID, my intention for this year was to do a lot more live action things. Uh, I wanted to do more, like, bigger projects, and so I needed time in order to do those. Uh, th thus, the editor. Uh, that being said, burnout... What keeps me going is twofold. Like I said... It is the feeling that I have to get that video done every week. That ticking clock that never ends and resets at the beginning of every week. The moment my video comes out, the clock resets. I have to get back to work. But the other thing that keeps me going is knowing that uh, regardless of how many people watch it, people are still getting something out of it. Uh, recently, I did that DM burnout video. I did a video talking about DM burnout. Uh, it only got like 20 something thousand views that might sound like a lot to like <laughs> yeah, the up and comer, but for me that's nothing <laughs> like that is easily a failure of a video but it i loved that video in spite of it because while not a lot of people were watching it the people who were watching it were leaving comments talking so much about how they couldn't articulate what they were feeling, but I was able to put it into words for them, and I was able to help them through that. And the idea that I am able to help somebody in the world who I don't know, who doesn't know me, and I would never have been able to reach otherwise, reminding myself that that is a thing that is happening keeps me going. That is, uh, I... I... 
was profound. I was gonna say we we had uh, a couple of weeks where it was real tough, and it was I was just at the end of my rope. I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And we had someone write just a nice note, and I just broke down crying because it was exactly what I needed. Uh, I, I think that it is really nice to hear from people and to know that you're affecting people on that level. Yeah. I know it sounds egotistical, but uh, when you when people send me messages saying that I got them into D&D or that I helped them get someone else into D&D, when I go to a convention or go to, go to my local game store and people know who I am and like are excited to see me. Yes, that's self that's totally like me humble bragging, but it means that I affected somebody in a very positive way. And like I don't think that I am alone in saying there are people in this world we affect in negative ways on accident. But to do more good in the world than bad is the only thing that we can hope for in life. And also, I get to teach people how to play 5th edition, specifically. When, when are you going to start making those 3.5 videos so I can, you know, actually enjoy that game? <laughs> I like the idea that um, here in a few weeks, uh, you're going to put out a video about why 4th edition sucks. Well, you, you know what? I, I, I hope, like, I can, like, I will set an alarm for, is it noon Eastern or North? Yeah, noon it is Central? noon Eastern. So noon for Eastern? me, it's okay. 1026 right uh, I was, now. I don't know what it is for you. Yeah, we're Eastern as well. I was going to say, oh, specifically, uh, with that, uh, fourth edition had the Gamma World, as I mentioned. If you're looking for an offshoot game, really fun to play, really easy, not as complicated as fourth edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but... So, so maybe that'd be a fun time for you, and then you could enjoy fourth edition like Russ. I will set an alarm oh, for for uh, for Saturdays at noon to just sit there and press F five until your video pops up, and I will be the first comment that says, "I like fourth edition." You say this. I almost have. It it wouldn't have been a specifically "Hey, fourth edition sucks" video. It would have been like D and D through the years, and it would have gone over the like the evolution of Dungeons and Dragons and where it came from and how it got so big. And just a big yep. blank space in between 2008. Yep. <laughs> well, I think, well, I think it would be really, really cool to talk about like Gary Gygax and his ousting from T, like that whole thing. Ooh. Like people don't know about it, and it's so juicy to learn about. And then like I can I can do a joke where like after 3.5 I can talk about fourth edition by like introing fourth edition, and then it can just be two full minutes of a blank screen. <laughs> That is a solid, solid burn. Hey, you are entitled to the things that you enjoy, but there are some people who like pineapple on pizza, and I am one of those people. Okay, I was about yeah, to say, those are going to start some fights like, real quick. <laughs> I was going to end the interview on this one. No, we're done. Hey, I'm not about yucking anybody's yum. That's fair, yeah. that is true. Yeah. That's like number one rule of Everon, don't yuck somebody's yum. Don't yuck yum. someone's yum. yum. Unless they like Guns and Everon. Again, I, I don't have a problem with Guns and Everon. I understand why some people do, but... I think Everon's it's, the place to have guns, but it should I, be yeah. like like steampunky guns with it's, magic. It's like true. A, like a six-shooter with magic missiles. Yeah. yeah. Even then, I, I feel like because it's, it's Everon is magic as science, it, I, I they, they wouldn't really need the need a, for a, a gun. A lot of yeah. the, the pushback on it, I think, is just because guns is, you know, it's guns. Everybody thinks that you have a Glock, and in actuality, yeah, you know, everybody is just like, no, 
you get one shot and you have to reload for the next five minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought it wasn't Skulls and Shackles. Um, so uh, we we did touch briefly on uh, the... this is getting ridiculous. This is getting ridiculously <laughs> long, I just, and I, I and want I to say I that's, that's my fault. I'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, hey, you, you edit right. You can just put the the end bit that we did in the middle of this. Uh, absolutely, no, we, we will we will I'm, leave yeah. it with the chaos. I like I like the chaos of us starting <laughs> and stopping ten times. Oh, sure, meandering. Ah, oh, that's fine. Right, yeah, they, they don't expect like, any less from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, for the out of characters, it's just kind of wild. This is this is what happens with our out of character interviews we're like oh hey we're not putting out a video this week because we had computer problems let's talk for an hour about nonsense uh, <laughs> uh but i was going to say imposter syndrome H how do you deal with that oh it's impossible um, i i wake up every day and feel like i've taken the spot that somebody else is owed and i don't even know how or who uh, like there's really like i make a living off of talking about a game that somebody else made uh I'm literally reciting things from a book that somebody else wrote and the most contrib like contribution that I'm making is information that somebody else can tell. Like there's there's no version in which I am a necessary cog in this machine. Uh, but the only way that you like rationalize it is you are the cog. Like you sure anybody else could do it and I implore anybody else to do it. Like what my job really isn't difficult. But I still was the person that did it. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, yes, anybody can do it, but I'm not taking anybody's space. Like, anybody else can still make a D&D channel after me, and it can do better or worse or just as well as mine. And I'm not stopping anybody from, like, accomplishing that goal by existing. Hashtag dethrone Dabby Jabby. Oh, do your best. That's not us. No, <laughs> I don't know. No, I've got no. a pretty good linchpin on unearthed arcanas. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might, it might I, be a little, a little tough to yank me off of that. That, that is that is the thing that, that they definitely come to your channel for. Is like, I wonder what nonsense wizards is trying to figure out now. Oh, right. they have a they they have a monk class that's entirely about using a spoon as a weapon. <laughs> I think that that is a great way to look at it, because uh, I think that you existing in D&D &D and in that space, if it, it couldn't ever hurt someone else, it, in fact, most or more often than not, encourages other people to do it. I know that, like, we would, I wouldn't have done this without half of the YouTubers I've seen out there, or without, you know, all of the options that we have available to us. Why are you making weird faces at me? No, my eye it's just really bad. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, you're just saying weird things. I'm, I, I can't help it. It's my face. I love your face. I love my face, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, don't worry. <laughs> I don't know if you Mom. heard the Minecraft villager in the middle of thing. Have you been really playing Minecraft this entire time? <laughs> no, Are you no, telling me that in your important interview with a guest, you have been going around stacking blocks and unstacking other blocks? No. And explaining my, in no. the virtues of fourth edition. No. So there's there's this app called webtoons it's like web comics oh i know and... I, I, sweet home is one of my favorite reads of the past year Ooh, i have not read sweet home yet um mm. i'm currently obsessed with uh 
um, Lore Olympus. And, ah, you um, and all of my and other friends. Everybody else, <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's there's quite a few on there that I'm just like super obsessed with. And so whenever one of my web webtoons updates, um, I get a villager. <laughs> and it always sounds uh, at the most inopportune it, it, times. <laughs> we'll have like a very serious conversation like about household stuff and like, uh, you know, everybody's emotions. And then in the middle of it is just, <laughs> it's like, well, there goes that entire conversation. Let's try wrap this up and try again tomorrow. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> All right, are we ready to give this a try? What and ending this? <laughs> Actually, ending this, I will stop talking now. <laughs> Russell, we wanted no, that I the whole like, time. Uh, honestly, why do we even need to be doing a podcast? Why don't we just all just hang out? I, I mean, know. I'm down. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We do that. I just you know joined Here, your podcast. Yeah. I don't know your, what my phone podcast. number is, but I'll give I, it to I, you. I, I you're more than welcome. I sent you. A, I sent you an invite to their Discord, to his Discord. So oh, I'll never accept it. No, no, I said, I said Steve, an invite to your Discord. Yeah, I will oh. never. I, I'll have to figure out how that works. Look, let's be honest. Who's pinging me now? Me. Oh. Why, I, why I did like private that? message you a link to the Eberron Discord, by the way, if you wanted <laughs> to join that. that. <laughs> Davy was... Chappy's the first person saved on my phone. It's been a year. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. Uh, but no, thank you so much for doing this OOC with us, even though it's, it's been, been fantastic. It, this has been a lot of fun. An hour and a half of just nonsense. Is this, a, is this the part where I get to talk about the things that, like, I have? Like, you know, my my YouTube and Twitch? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, please, please, please. plug your yeah. stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, sure so I got YouTube, I got Twitch, I got Instagram. I got I got OnlyFans, where I, like, uh, sorry, it's, uh, it's OnlyFay. <laughs> okay. 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 All three of us got very excited for just a second there. Mm. Well, I want to see a bigger community. Like we want to be on OnlyFans, and it's just us. A big, a bigger OnlyFans community. <laughs> yeah. A D and D OnlyFans is <laughs> a crossover. Yeah. yeah. I will just read books in the voice of my character. That's what people want, right? What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and I hope everybody has a wonderful day. We're really bad at endings. Wow, all right. Did, well, did Mr. Chappie uh, actually plug his stuff, or did we just talk yeah, over him? No, no, no you okay. didn't. I did, I did in the through. middle of this. Yeah, like, <laughs> in the middle of everything. <laughs> I'm, plug everything I'm not plugging not myself moody. again, but if yeah. you'd like, yeah. yeah, you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Twitch, you can find me on my own personal Discord, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, you can't find me on Facebook, but you can also find me on Patreon, uh, where I am donating all of the money that I make to myself, because I, I need to pay bills. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good cost. Yeah, that is a very good yeah. cost. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, good thank, uh, yeah. thank you all for coming to my podcast. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Davy out. <laughs> <laughs>